folks, it's another year, a whole new year, and you know what that means? A whole new pod. A whole new, a whole new pod. That's right, I'm your host, Lucas Melby, and with me... Jacob Telejohn. Now, Jacob, we are in this year of our Lord, no longer the year of our Lord, 2018. We're in 2019. 2019. 2019, 2-0-1-9. What are you looking forward to take over in this big year? What are you, you resolving to be better about? Uh, not to be so lazy. I, I'd like to do a little bit more outside of the the house. Um, you know, maybe, maybe more than one pod sesh, fam sesh uh, a month, you know. That'd be nice to, uh, to keep up. Just just be more active. Well, that's very that's very industrious of you. I was just looking, you know, I'm trying to like cut the back on some soda, but yes, this was an underhanded thing. I did want to hear that he was going to be more committed to the podcast corporation that ding, we have ding. going in here. So yes, putting it out there, our manifest, our manifest destiny for this year, 2019, we're going to try to at least do an episode once every two weeks. And maybe you might get a treat every week. We'll just yeah, if we're just really it. raring for the next one, yeah. racing to get to Smart House I or mean, something. We're, they're getting better. I think they're revving up. Yes, they should be getting better. Hopefully, they continue to get better this year, and we're off to a good start because I'm looking at our microphone right now. The settings are correct, or the at least as, looking good. As yes, the waveforms look normal. Last week was definitely janky, I as I like mentioned. A mouse. I'm looking. I'm looking good. Yeah, this is good. This is definitely good content right here, talking about how our waveforms look. Uh, We'll put a picture on our Twitter feed. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Yeah, yeah. we got the microphone all set. Audio should be no more janky than it has been in the past, but hopefully it'll sound pretty clean. So that's kind of our housekeeping, what we're putting out there to better improve ourselves this year. And we're off to a good year, or a good start this year, I'd say, because, whew, the movie we watched today. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. It made my heart go boom, boom, boom. Oh, wow. You'll understand what that means in a little bit. Yeah. But I don't want to be too bold, but this might be one of the best, or the best movie we've watched so far. I'm surprised he's saying that. The best yeah. decom. It might not be the best episode, but I'm also feeling, I think when we have a really good movie, we, we we'll have a good well. episode. Though perform. I think You Lucky Dog, I think that was actually a good episode, but the audio was shit. Forget that. That's in the past. You lucky dog is dead last, to me. That's last year. He's buried behind the backyard. Yikes. In the backyard. I don't know what I'm saying. But what we are going to be saying soon is Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Yeah. The 1999 classic. Smash hit. Like Halloween Town. So good this first movie that we've got at least two sequels, I think. Yeah, sequels. Stay on brand. Very good. Very Z-quals. good. So, yes. Came out in 1999. So, yeah. we can say again... 20th anniversary of this decom and i guess we should just get into it so opening shot of xenon we open in on mostly a normal looking bedroom but you can tell it's the future because she's got like a little computer screen already with her face on it um waking her ass up yep she has a like a video alarm clock that's programmed with her face to yell at her yeah and also her room is just lit up in neon colors like purples and blues because yeah. that's that's how it looks in the future we find out that very quickly that she lives this is xenon this is the room of our main character xenon and she lives on a space station in the year 2049 yes it is the 21st century they they put it out there so 
Movie made in 1999, 50 years from no. that point. No. But when you think about it, aren't all girls in the world of Xenon a girl of the 21st century? Why does Xenon just have that special title of hers? Yeah. Just put that in the back of your mind. That's a little yeah. that's a little listener question. Write in your responses, essay form to a whole new pod at gmail.com. Yeah. As you mentioned, she has this alarm clock thing that's kind of yelling at her to get up, yeah. but she isn't uh, until her mother comes in, wakes her up, says, Oh, you're late, which at this point just seems to be kind of a classic opening to a decom. Brink was late for school yeah. at the beginning of that movie. Now Xenon's late for school. Right as she gets up, she goes to the window and is all like, Oh my god, I can't believe this. And then we get a nice, I say nice, but really it's a terrible shot of the space station, which is rendered in as good as I guess you could get for 1999 television budget CG. And you can see Earth down there out the little window, the little blueberry. Yep, it's it's pretty rough. Zetus Lapidus. Yeah, we'll get plenty of that. So, Xenon, I don't even think she does, like, the whole grab breakfast really quick. She's just, but she's just out running around the space station, which I would say looks about the same level of quality as maybe, like, Star Trek The Next Generation. It's just not the most quality construction. It's a little shoddy, but it gets the job done for the most part. Yeah. So, she's running around trying desperately to catch an elevator to get to school, but all the elevators she gets to... Are either like full or they're yeah they're, the doors are closed and they're leaving, yeah. so she can't get on. So again, the comparison to Brink is very much here. She's crashing into people. She's just the commander who will will mean a little yes, bit Commander later. Plank. Who I didn't immediately write down his name because I'm like I don't know if it's relevant, but he does become a relevant character. Yeah. So yeah, crashing into people. She even climbs into an air vent at one point to yeah. get around a, a blockage a of some of sort. People. And also, in the most Brink-like fashion, rides some kind of wheel. Yeah, a trolley, a wheeled cart, and just zoom, zoom, zooms along on that. Eventually, she arrives at school, and class basically looks like an attempt at a futuristic computer lab. Yeah. Very similar to what you would see in your normal high school. Except that this class is taught by a hologram teacher. That's right. Which, so, like, teachers aren't good enough to come into live on the space station they just have to like telecommute to like teach the I kids mean, I, I, that's, that's what i'm curious if, if it was just this specific class you know because it, it, the, the, the individual was actually talking about stuff that was going on not on the spacecraft but on, on earth with uh president chelsea clinton i don't know if it was like a current topics you know kind of class or, or what yeah exactly. it's on it, they made it seem like chelsea was the current president which yeah. I guess mark that down in your notebooks to check back in 2049. 30 years. It could happen. Chelsea Clinton could be the president. <laughs> in this class, we also get to see her friend Nebula for the first time, who is played by Disney Channel classic, perennial favorite, Raven Simone. That's so Raven. I'm pretty sure we'll see more of her in our future. I, oh, future. That's... Wow. The only, the only Raven show wow. I really watched was Corey in the house, so... After class, Xenon and her friends are hanging out and they're talking about the big popular boy group Microbe, Microbe. and how they're coming to the space station. Their their lingo is a little bit confusing, you know. There's a lot of uh, macro and micro, or or no, it's not no, macro and micro no, yet. It's, it's, uh, I kept a running total of a lot of the slang, so some of the stuff they are throwing around 
They're referring to some stuff. It's very just space themed. So yeah. antimatter, yeah. major and minor, yeah. like major the constellations. Yeah. Oh, what are you new in the galaxy? <laughs> My mom's gonna have a global meltdown. Uh, Danger Mortis. I like that one. Stow the jokes, because I don't know, like a ship. Okay. Stow. Gaseous, which means something sucks. Oh. Stellar, which is something Stellar. people still say, but they just say it in kind of weird fashions in the movie. Yeah. And the biggest of all, Zetus Lapidus. Zetus Lapidus. Which I can take as like a wow, real... Like, like, oh my god. Maybe. Yeah. No, that's definitely what it is, but I can I can see that... In the future, people could say that. But, like, all this, like, star stuff, that's kind of just very corny. But Zetus Lapidus. I might even start saying that myself. I like that. So, yeah. Amongst this slang that they're throwing around, they're also fangirling out super hard about microbes. Specifically, the band leader, Protozoa. We can also comment on the futuristic fashion that is displayed. It's, it's all like singular color suits, kind of. Either it's yeah. like blue or. It's a little hard to tell red. what exactly is like the fashion of the future, just because I think it's somewhat of like a military ship or some people in the ship. They do seem like outfits or, or uniforms. They have some of them. uniforms that are very solid colors yeah. purples, reds, blues. And then the material is very just cheap and like shiny looking. So. Wardrobe, not the movie's strong. Xenon definitely seems like a person that would have her own style, stylized, you know, kind of outfit, but she does match with other people. So I, I don't know if maybe students have their own little, you know, uniforms. Like you said, the working class or higher ups have mm-hmm. different. It's... Yeah, and her a lot of the hairstyles, or at least Nebula and Xenon have similar hairstyles, where it's yeah. just weird pigtails. Yeah. Kind of um, reminding me of the sort of haircuts people would get in Edward Scissorhands okay. after Edward was cutting their hair. I guess for me, just being in a the twenty year twenty nineteen, I can't understand the fashion of twenty forty nine. So it was a little over my head. We find out that a big event beyond just microbe is coming up. That the station is being visited by Mister Wyndham, who is this big businessman who's basically funding the space station. Billionaire. Yeah, at least a billionaire. Uh, he's coming to assess because the space station is primarily research focused. So he's coming to assess just how the research programs and just generally how the station is running. And some of the people who are involved in this research are Xenon's parents. And I they mentioned what the Bone research marrow density. Density. Okay, that's what it was. I missed what it was. Yeah. And I was very confused by looking at their lab because the only thing that stands out the floating rat. Yes, there's this rat who's just suspended in zero g. And it just looks terrible. It looks like a JPEG just spliced into the movie. It was fun. Or like a bad GIF or GIF. I mean, I'm a GIF person. If you're a GIF person, just unsubscribe to the podcast. Xenon is worried because she just absolutely loves living on the station. Yeah. She doesn't want to get kicked out because her parents are bad at their research. And her parents were like, yo, we got this on lock. We're just worried about you because you suck a lot of the time, Xenon. You do a lot of air dock cruising and garbage diving. Those were some of the things they do for fun in space, I guess. I guess so. We, we, we do see her doing the, the garbage diving a little bit later. So yeah, it seems like a not a big ask for Xenon to just be on her best behavior. But we'll see that it actually is asking a lot. So after her conversation with her parents, where they reassure her that they're going to do their best to make sure she can stay on the station, Xenon meets up with her friends, and they kind of just talk about Earth, and they just talk in mad smack. They're just, Earth sucks, there's just 
so many people, everybody is sick. Everybody who's sick is just crammed into, I guess they're probably referring to hospitals, they're just crammed together. Mm. And there seems to be an implication. Well, uh, first of all, I'll say, if they're not wrong, Earth does kind of suck a lot of the time. <laughs> but uh, there seems to be the implication that nobody is sick on the station. Which might be pa. Uh, I don't think I that. I mean, it, you maybe have less. They would sickness. have different diseases, but yeah, I don't really buy that. That's some um, that's some space station propaganda. I'm not yeah. I'm not picking up on. Xenon, being the bad influence that she always is, convinces her friends to go check out a solar flare. Yeah. And in her case, that means helping her suit up in a spacesuit. And getting launched out literally into space. Yeah, going on a spacewalk. Spacewalk. We get treated to some more bad special effects. You might not know this, but this is actually where uh, the movie Gravity, <laughs> with Sandra Bullock, they took everything. This was all inspired by Xenon, girl of the 21st century. Of course, inevitably, Xenon ends up getting caught by her dad. Who's, who does smile at first when he notices she's like out there. And they end up kind of like geeking out about it uh, a little bit later, about how pretty and spectacular the solar flares are. Yeah, he takes he takes some amount of pride in her initiative and at least interest in some scientific yeah. things. Yeah. But at the same time, the mom isn't having the any of it. The mom's not happy, and as you know, he's got to act like. And it's not, it's not so much like, oh, it's another it's another Disney Channel original movie where the mom's the bad guy. It's like. They're justified in being mad at her going out of a spacewalk. It's pretty dangerous. She could have gotten hurt. Her her tether could have snapped and she would have floated off into space. And taking a page just out of Marnie's book from Halloween Town, she's all like, I'm 13. Which I guess, I mean, in in Halloween Town, it means that you could be a witch. But I don't know if it really means that you can be completely on your own. You can go for spacewalks when you're 13. The father responds by saying, well, if you're 13, act like it. I think it's in this part where we get to see that her mom put on a stress helmet. A stress helmet. helmet. And apparently it was like the third or fourth time that month that Xenon had driven her to the point. Stressed her out. Driven her to the point of a stress helmet. And I don't know what the the technology involved with that is. I might need one of those. I think we all could do with a stress helmet from time to time. Xenon is warned that one more screw up and that she's going to be grounded. Yeah. And we'll find out that that can have a double meaning. Yeah. So the next day, Xenon goes dumpster diving. Well, she tries to go dumpster diving, but she can't because her parents run into her as they're giving this big wig Wyndham a tour around the space station. Wyndham and then his little lackey. Yes, his lackey Lutz. Lutz. Both important characters. Yeah. Xenon gives a very overly elaborate speech about how she loves living in space, kind of being like a goody two-shoes or a suck-up. Yeah, and definitely a suck-up. And, and Mr. Wyndham was trying to relate. Um, they were talking about the uh, the band Microbe, and he he was trying to be like, yeah, you know, they're so great, sending them up here, mi- microscope. like, and, and then later on, some of the other other friends are saying how he was relating also to their conversations or... Um, stuff related to their parents, and everybody else really liked um, Mr. Wyndham. Yeah, but Xenon's having none of it. She she suspects him, especially because of that microscope screw-up. But at this point, I was like, wait, is the band actually called okay. Microscope? And I was just mishearing them. But nope, it's it's because Wyndham's evil. If you don't know the cool boy band, it just means you're the villain of the movie. Yeah. So that night, she does go garbage diving again, gets away with it. 
And as she's coming out of the garbage chute, she sees Lutz, uh, Wyndham's lackey, and he is trying to get into this... Memory bank. Yeah, this memory bank that is high security level, level clearance. Level four. And Xenon basically tells him as much, and she says, I don't think you're supposed to be in there. Well, she, she, yeah, she's creeping on him, and then she loses her balance or something and, like, falls out, surprises oh, yeah. him. It's a little bit like, of a oh, comical moment. Oh, snap. They kind of go back and forth, like, oh, why are you out? Oh, why are you out? Well, I'm, you know, I made you really tired. Maybe you can bring me back up to my, my room for me. And she locks arms with him, and they... She gets, yeah, she locks him down to make sure that he can't get up into any other shenanigans that night. Yeah. Sinan's mom, the next day, is talking to her and tells her that she's really proud that she's been trying so hard to be on good behavior with Mr. Wyndham around. But really, she's not being on good behavior. No. We also find out that with the big microbe arrival, the big band coming, that there was a contest that was being held. And Xenon and Nebula both were entering into the contest, which the prize was being able to dance with Protozoa. Uh, Nebula wrote a nice essay trying to get the win. Well, well, Xenon made like this little sculpture out of clay, I think, and it, it was just a lot of stuff she actually found from the uh, from her dumpster dives. Um, she collected different parts and made like a little. I don't know, action figure of uh, Protozoa and, yes. and sent that to him. Yeah, it's very elaborate, a little creepy, but she won the contest. She did. She so won. she was going to get the get her dance on in the near future. Yeah. Then we cut to Lutz, who was able to get into the high security area. He was successful this time. But Xenon, we saw that one of her friends who just repeatedly throughout the movie is able to come up with special passcodes to get into his areas. Dad, his dad has the codes, I think, and he Steals his dad's like book or whatever. Yeah, or it's just it's a it's a plot convenience. Yeah. But so Xenon is hiding in a grate in this high security level level area, spying on Lutz. Lutz. She's she, she's written down the passcode on her hand, so she got into there, you know, before he was no problem, and he's yeah, she's spying on. So him. we see Lutz typing away on a computer, and then he puts a chip in place in one of the computer Drives. setups, and then he leaves. And as he's leaving out in the hallway area, we see him put a, trying to put another disc into his pocket. But he drops it like a klutz. Yeah, Lutz, Lutz the klutz. klutz. But it is extremely unbelievable how it's, badly yeah, he missed so his pocket. Bad. It was one of the, it was so bad. I was like, is he purposely dropping it? <laughs> like, is it some kind of like listening bug or I don't know? Yeah. It was not on purpose. Later on, Nebula, Xenon's friend, actually picks it up. But Xenon is going to try to get out of the high security area, but in her high stress, she sweated and the number smudged on her hand. So she's trying all the different passcodes. She tries three or four. She finally gets it, but on the other side of the doors are some are, are the commander and some guards. Yep, security came and got her and brought her to Commander Plank's office, and yeah. Xenon is in trouble. Yeah. And nobody believes her when she's saying that there's something weird about Mr. Lutz and Mr. Wyndham. Lutz put something in there. Nobody's buying it. And at one point, I laughed pretty hard at this. The commander using that space lingo says, Silence Major. <laughs> Which means, shut up. Making, making fun of her with her own, her own lingo. So, the commander thinks that he's going to leave the punishment up to the parents. Yeah. As long as they really put their foot down, he doesn't feel any extra need to get involved. 
So Xenon first tries to, before things get off too hot, tries to get her parents to wear their stress helmets, but it's not going to work because she is grounded. Literally. She is like, well, sure, whatever, you can ground me. They're like, no, you're going to Aunt Judy's. Why would you make Aunt Judy, my Earth aunt, come up here? And they're like, no, get it grounded. And they put on sunglasses and they were like, yeah. I thought that was a little a little fun moment. Wyndham calls a meeting with the whole... Spaceship. Yeah, space station crew. Fleet. To say he is pledging $500 million to maintaining the space station. Good chunk of chain. Again, we're dealing with 90s money. The idea that 30 years from now, a space station would need maintenance of only $500 million seems no. absolutely insane. That's well, a good chunk of change. I mean, who knows how long that's supposed to last. I'm just looking incredulously at Jacob right now. 500 million, that could last how much do you th- you know, I mean, a year, two. How much do you think SpaceX or like space programs around the world are working with? They're like a single rocket would cost $500 million alone. This is a whole space station. <laughs> 30 years from now. Okay, well, we'll save this for another time. So everybody is super psyched about getting this stimulus, but Xenon definitely thinks he's up to something. Yeah. As Xenon is waiting for the shuttle to arrive, Nebula comes up and sees her off and gives her a chip that she picked up, the one that Lutz dropped. Yeah. Neither knows what it is, but they think it's pretty cool, and Xenon immediately starts wearing it as an earring. earring. Quite the fashion statement. Tyser. And to add insult to injury, she's not only having to go live with her Aunt Judy for a while, but she has to share a ride back to Earth with Wyndham and Lutz. And Wyndham gives her the good old creepy-ass wink when they're boarding the uh, little shuttle pod thing. Big yikes. It's a little creepy. So we get another bit of bad CG with the space shuttle. Taking off. Uh, And then Xenon lands on Earth, gets off, immediately sneezes because she's not ready for that dirty earth air and falls off the stairs. What caught me off guard, though, and and I'll I'll say the point that I kind of made when this happened was, you know, Xenon trips, um, she loses her luggage, and Wyndham actually looks uh, concerned while Lutz kind of stays back, not giving, you know, two shits. Wyndham, you know, tries to offer her help, and um, she's like, no, whatever. She gets her stuff, and then... They're, they're heading into the, the, the building or whatever. Um, Lutz's building, I believe, or, or the... Wyndham's uh, office building. Or... Wyndham's office building. And uh, he he tries talking to her again, you know, saying, oh, your aunt will be here, meet you here. So and I, I said to Lucas, you know, maybe maybe Lutz is just the bad one and he's doing this all, you know, under um, Wyndham. Because um, it, it, it kind of, you know, made it seem that, that way at, at the time. But we soon find out that's not the case. Yeah, uh, I thought I really wanted that to be true because that would some, that would be such a nuanced take on just the basic villain plot structure of a Disney Channel original movie that it was definitely cemented as like best of all time to Xenon. <laughs> it's still probably the best we've watched so far, but that would have been like really above and beyond what I was expecting out of these movies. Yeah. So yeah, as they're kind of making parting ways. Xenon just really lets Wyndham know that she's not buying any of his bullshit. She doesn't, everybody might trust him. She doesn't trust him. And as she's talking and moving about, gesticulating, if you will, her hair moves and her earring is exposed. 
And Lutz sees it, and he has a sort of reaction, just a little bit short of going, What? Wyndham has has no idea yet about the the chip, so he doesn't react to it at all. Just just Lutz, and and Wyndham doesn't notice Lutz's little little reaction. Neither neither is Xena. She has no idea what she has on her ear at this point. Well, we'll find out soon what it is and see how that plays out. But we get to meet Aunt Judy, who I found immediately charming. She... Is this really nice? She's very excited for Xenon to be there. She's making some jokes. She drives up in just a regular VW Beetle, yeah. which seems crazy. Okay. At least in the the idea, like very well in 2049 in reality, people might still be driving regular cars in 2049. But the idea that there's a space station where people, hundreds of that, not thousands of people are living on, and they don't have the technology to at least have like hover cars. Yeah. Like Back to the Future was dreaming bigger <laughs> than Xenon. <laughs> Then we cut to a nice panning shot of a harbor. We see some floating ships. Regular boats. But then, yes, also just regular ass just sailboats sitting there, which is insane. Uh, Kids, they're playing some weird like paddle volleyball with like big paddles and big rubber balls and a net. It's the future. It's 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 crazy. It's a weird game. And then we pan over to a balcony where they're at a restaurant, Xenon and her aunt. Xenon makes a comment that, oh, I really imagined that there would be a lot more, like, crazy stuff that I hadn't seen on Earth, like, super technologically advanced things. Yeah. And then her aunt says, oh, we're not, like, New York or L.A., we're just kind of taking our time technologically, which blew my fucking mind that they wrote in an in-universe reason to basically justify their lack of creativity or more likely a budget to really make this city seem like something that wasn't out of 1999. Yeah. There was so much happening that I wanted to make note of. There was a lot of that scene. A lot of... Yeah, there was so much happening that I actually had to pause the movie. Usually when we watch these, we just go through it, no pausing, taking notes what we can, and I'm like, no. I, I have to take like a good five minutes to get all this down because... This was like a 30 second or a minute chunk and there was like so much crazy stuff that was happening. They passed a group of kids when they were going to the table and these will be important players soon. But these kids really just seem like they're straight out of Brink. Like their fashion was completely 90s, yeah. not 2049 at, no, all. Not at all. And they had the gall then to question Xenon's fashion. One of them, who we later learn is named Margie. She's Margie, definitely a, yeah. a mean girl. Comes over and makes fun of her clothes, saying, oh, Halloween was yesterday or whatever. But that Xenon chirps right back, well, you know, you're right, it's a Halloween costume. If you were to give me your mask, you'd really complete the ensemble. Margie got wrecked. Xenon... Shrecked. Yeah, she's got that sharp, sharp wood and sharp tongue. While this is happening, or a little bit before this, Xenon is trying to order with her aunt, and her aunt's like, do you want, like, cheeseburgers or... Fries or what? And Xenon basically came off as like a vegan or a Californian. Where it's we like, don't I've... eat the meat. We eat hydroponically grown, yeah. no dirt, I've no never preservatives. Had... I've never had any of these, so like I don't really know. You can just order whatever you want. You can kind of tell she was pretty weak coming off that the spacecraft. She could hardly walk with the gravity change. Just I'd like an acai bowl <laughs> with granola, but uh, can the yogurt be made from goat's milk? Fire. <laughs> okay, enough. She's probably never seen an animal too. Let's be honest. 
She saw know. that rat floating. Uh, well, it was a it was a CGI like in this group of kids that Xenon sees is this. I guess I mean I'm no one to judge, but I'd say a cute boy, a Greg. great boy, who we find out is Greg, which is not a cool name at not all. A cool name. Uh, who is played by I don't know the actor's name, but the main character in Small Soldiers. That's right. I don't allow Jacob to talk about who people Charlie are actor wise, but I if I know who they are, I'll mention it. So she's eyeing him, but then Margie comes over, ruins the moment, and Xenon just kind of storms out of the restaurant. So Judy takes her home. The night ends. She's tucking her into bed. And Judy does again, really talks about how she's just so happy that Xenon's there. She says Xenon's her hero. She thinks she's so brave so and brave. so cool. Aunt Judy's scared to talk to men. She doesn't really want yeah. to get married. She, um, Judy is so nice to Xenon. The first thing Xenon says to her is, Hey, why didn't you ever get married or have kids? Yeah. Which is just fucking devastating. <laughs> but there's a happy ending for Judy at the end of the movie. Spoiler. Before she leaves for the night, Judy just says, Hey, if you need anything, I'm around, so hit me up. Again, really cool aunt. I like Judy a lot. Xenon takes off her little earring and puts it in this little trinket box. Then she tries to call her friend Nebula on her video phone. But there's been a blocking chip put in by her parents where it can only be calls made to her parents and nobody, yep. nobody else. And the, the video phone is in the classic way of technology where they can't imagine anything as like sleek as like a tablet or an iPhone. So it's a big bulky like TV looking. mini Etch-A-Sketch or something like that. Yeah, I always enjoy it. FaceTime equipped. Yeah. I always enjoy 90s visions of the future. And we get plenty more here. So Xenon is introduced to... She has to go to school. Part of her grounding is she has to go to Earth school. So she's introduced to her class, which, of course, has all the kids she already met at the restaurant there. So we got Margie, Greg, and other friends who aren't as important. Throughout the day, she has plenty of encounters with mean girl Margie in swimming class and P.E., Xenon says she can swim, and she's about to go into the water, but then Margie just pushes her in. She's struggling underneath the water, and Greg has to jump in. He kind of gives Margie a little dirty look before he jumps in, and he pulls her out and, and you know, says to her, I thought you said you can swim. Xenon kind of barks bad at, back at him. Only in space. I can, I can, I can swim, swim in space. space. And that made me look... At the end of this movie, I like Xenon a fair bit, but that maybe not like her at all. She storms off. Yeah, and then in chemistry class, Xenon mm. uh, and Margie were partners, and they were heating up some kind of chemical mixture. And Xenon just kept going hotter, hotter, hotter. She was shooting for 250 Celsius, and then by the time they reached that, this thing is... The beaker's breaking open, uh, big fire, you know, starts on the, the lab station there. The teacher has to use a fire extinguisher. I'm surprised they don't have a better technology 30 years in the, in the nah, future. Nah, we perfected it. It's all good. Uh, but uh, the teacher says, you know, you know, what temperature do you have it at? 250, like you said, Celsius. And the teacher's like, well, we, we don't use the Celsius. We're still Fahrenheit here on Earth. So that made everybody hate Xenon because she uses metric. Yeah. Which is, I don't even understand that, so the temperature gauge she had, it was just like yeah. a digital temperature readout, and it said 250 degrees. So if they don't even use Celsius down there, why would the temperature grade, gauge readout for Celsius? True. That's a good point. Yeah, and 250 degrees Celsius would be like, 
Right? Okay, I don't... I'm not... I'm is no that sci- really, Is that really <laughs> hot? That would, yeah, it'd be insanely hot, but so would, like, 250 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know. It just makes no sense. I don't need to delve into the science. It's I'm, not a safe chemistry class. I'm terrible at science. So, good guy Greg, already had saved her from drowning, swoops in at lunchtime because Xenon doesn't have any money to buy her lunch. True. Because I guess the space station is just this, this perfect utopia where money is no thing. They, they use uh, alien skulls. I think she yeah, said. she has some snide comment to the lunch lady, which I don't felt like it was deserved. Lunch ladies, they're un uncelebrated people in the school system, True. and I'm sure in the future it's no better for them. True. So he comes in, buys her her lunch, and Banana. she just kind of blows him off and is just like, fuck off. She's just being a dick to everybody that day. But before he completely has to go away, he drops some, my favorite part of the movie, some extra slang what they use on Earth so that she doesn't talk so weird. So, in space, we have major and minor, but, not to be confused, like Jacob was earlier in the movie, because it is very confusing. On Earth, they use macro and... Micro. Micro, yeah. And also, viral is not in the sense that we'd use it today, which is a term we actually use today, but that just means something that's, like, gross. So it's the space equivalent of gaseous i think yeah and then graphic just means beautiful or cool so probably the equivalent of stellar and then we also i think i heard midas and alpha 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 extreme thrown around those are a little more self-explanatory so aunt judy has picked up her from school and they're walking up to her house and i just judy really is just the best character because she comes out and says to uh, Xenon, who's just freaking out, is like, this all sucks. And she's like, well, do you think maybe this could be an opportunity for you to learn a lesson? Like, maybe not jumping to conclusions and judging people? And Xenon says, no! Wyndham is bad. You're wrong. I mean, she's validated in that towards the end of the movie, but I think Judy is really on the right track. Judy's a, a, a good-hearted soul. Yeah. Good woman. So they're walking to the house, and they see that the door is ajar, and that the house has been ransacked. And it's no, just all of a mess. Nothing has been stolen, though. Judy asks, you know, Judy says, none of my stuff's been taken. Xenon, is anything of yours? You know, Xenon's like, no. And then they do show Xenon opening up the uh, her little trinket box that she had put her earrings in, um, her earring in before, but she, she had put it back on when she yeah. went to so, yeah, school. Nothing was so missing, and still likely that was, yeah, because the earring was there. So Xenon definitely suspects that it was Lutz and Wyndham, or at least some of their lackeys that yeah. were in on it. Z, the next day, is trying to look up something in the computer lab, probably related to Wyndham, but yeah. she just can't, she, everything is confidential and locked out for her. And then we see her, her eyes are caught by Cool boy, good guy Greg, who's Greg. just typing away on a keyboard. He can type 200 words a minute. That's how, you know, you're a really cool guy in the future, is you got mad WPM. <laughs> she goes over, and he's kind of just like, nah, bitch, you were a dick to me earlier. That's true. But she gets him to warm up to her, yeah. and he still is like, well, I don't know if I can really help you too much, but hey... I work at a stable. That's cool. And I'm like, he's 13 years old. Yeah. She gets talked into going to the stable with Greg. You know, earlier too, she's probably never seen outside of that maybe lab rat. Yeah. Once they get to the stable, she is scared of the horse. Caught off. And 
Greg eventually coaxes her and gets her to start brushing it. And eventually he hops up on the horse and invites her along. And then they go right off to the ocean. So I thought this was pretty cool because for once, basically so many of these movies, I think actually basically every single decom we've watched so far has had some kind of love plot. Under wraps had Marshall and like the girl. And those are the their mommy names. And the other mommy. Even you lucky dog had That's... Kirk Cameron's character yeah. paired up with the vet. Yeah. This one is established pretty early on in the movie. Still gets off to a pretty fast start because their first date is basically them going on a horseback ride by the beach. That's pretty next level romantic stuff. And that's not even the end of their date. They go to a restaurant later and Xenon basically does, is trying to bleed him dry, take all of his money because she's just ordering all of this crazy earth food that now she seems cool about. Whereas before she didn't want to have anything of it. To the beach though, I well, ask you. Could my legs be any more whiter? Well, we'll get to that. The reason they go to the beach is because Xenon sees that Lutz is sneaking about, and she's, like, after him, but they can't find him, so then they just go down to the beach, and yes. I can understand Jacob's excitement to get to this part, because it was was definitely the hardest I laughed in this movie, and we even rewound it. Xenon, being on a space station, hasn't seen a lot or any sun. No sun. So she's admiring her legs by the water and says, My legs are so white, they basically glow in the dark. And then we just get a shot of Greg, and he just... They're fine. Yeah, he's... They're they're fine. (laughs) Nailed it, Greg. You got it. Nailed it. it. Got him. Cool guy Greg, getting all those points. And then while they're just sitting on the beach, Greg has, I don't know, his tablet, his video phone it just is a chunky graphing calculator basically okay. but he's apparently he just oh yeah i just hacked into wyndham's corporation he's multi-billion dollar corp no biggie i'm like the ferris bueller of uh, N- 20 nbd yeah nbd no no problem so Dion's just like wow that's crazy so she's going over her encounter with wyndham and why she suspects him and then greg asks it this all seemed super contrived but greg is i ask Wait, did you, like, move your hair when you were talking to him? And she's like, uh, yeah, why? Well, they must have seen your earring, which isn't actually an earring. It's a data disc or a chip. And I was all like, okay, okay, we have to figure out that they need to know what that is. But it was just a couple of steps to get to that point. A weird way to introduce how, yeah, they, they find out. So Greg ends the night taking her home on his bike. And then they get caught in the rain, which is the first time for Xenon, apparently. Greg Greg doesn't bother Greg one bit. He's taking every drop in stride. Yeah, it's like, it's just rain, Xenon. Which, so, we learned at some point that Xenon went to the space station at the age of five. And sh- she did remember rain, right? She was talking about how she recalled rain, or the feeling of rain. Oh, did she? I thought she, I thought she was saying she didn't know what it was, but you might be right. Because, yeah, I, if she didn't know what rain was, I would call bullshit. Because she lived on Earth for five years. She would have some form of memory. Yeah. But it's a, it's a cliche romantic moment, getting caught in the rain at the doorstep. Greg kind of waiting for a kiss, but Xenon being a good 21st century woman, saying, nah, on the first date. Mm-hmm. Uh, you basic. Goodbye. And then they part yeah. ways. Judy gets to greet her and say, wow, you're having better luck with boys than I ever have. And that just made me sad. And I'm like, Judy, you're better than that. Don't put yourself down. Then we find out that apparently all Earthling children, even, just all Earthlings, they're all great hackers. Because hackers. Yeah, like the classic hackers starring Angelina Jolie. 
Uh, because not only can and Greg... Shaggy. I think Shaggy from Scooby-Doo is in that uh, Cancel the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, not only Greg can hack, but also his friend Andrew. And what they're working on, they're all over at either Greg's house or Mean Girl Maggie's house, working on trying to figure out what's on this disc that Xenon was wearing as an earring. Yeah. So while they're working on that, uh, Maggie kind of takes Xenon aside and is talking to her, saying, hey, I hear you won this contest, but shouldn't you be like, to meet Microbe, or dance with Protozoa, I should say, but shouldn't you say something about, like, you're not going to be there in time so it can go to somebody else? Xenon is like, no, I'm going to get there. Marge is trying to blackmail Xenon now, you know, in regards to, to Greg. Yeah, she's trying to get crush. Him. Oh yeah, she's trying to get on that cool guy, Greg. Big crush on the Greg, Greggy. She says, you know, if, if you don't. Yeah, she's just trying to get Xenon out of the picture. And at this point, I was it was funny because really at this point, the main motivation for Xenon is this dance contest. That's the yeah. ticking clock where she needs to get back to the space station so she can dance with Protozoa, which is not the best motivation, but she gets good motivation quickly after that. During the day, there's no success with figuring out what's on the disc, but later that night... Lots of viruses later. And... Yeah, Andrew's friend wakes up because he had fallen asleep. He was working so hard at the keyboard, he just passed out. He wakes up, and we get some more a la hackers. Some yeah. good representation of digital hacking or viruses. We see an egg on the desktop, and this computer is just a chunky-ass laptop from 1999. Uh, there's an egg that cracks open and a worm pops out and just starts eating up the screen and then the whole laptop explodes. Surprise, yeah. So Smoke. quite quite the the deal. He is pissed. So if this disc, as we are supposed to assume, is the same type of disc that Lutz put on the space station, that means some bad stuff is gonna happen. Yeah. That basically the space station is gonna be blowing up. Yeah. So luckily though. Again, this kid being an amazing hacker, he is able to reverse engineer it and basically figures out how to stop it. So now, Xenon has the motivation she needs to get back to the space station to stop it from blowing up. So she immediately calls her parents who don't believe her. Even though she's saying, hey, is stuff like getting crazy there? And they're like, no, everything's fine. But in reality, all the systems are failing as, at yeah, the space as, station. As soon as they hang up, they make, how did she know, you know, stuff slowly falling apart you know which in xenon's defense that's quite the the leap of parents not believing their news, children news hasn't leaked you know like questioned you know how she might have known news hasn't leaked about this has it no yeah, sometimes it's reasonable for parents not they're, to believe their children in movies but in this case they're maybe starting to believe her at this point maybe well then they should let her get back up there they then. should Let's uh, find Xenon. He just goes to Judy's house and she just happens to be there finally. Yeah. Makes a deal with her and basically is like, hey, I need that disc. And she's like, okay, well, I need to get to the space station. So he gives her, or she gives him the disc. After they sign a deal, though, already. Yeah, it was really dumb. Greg's like, deal. Greg's like, hey, before you do it, write it down and sign this paper. And Lutz is like, yeah, okay, whatever. He signs it. She gives him the disc. She gives him a disc. Then he takes the note back from her and, like, crumples it up. Yeah, he's all like, neener, neener, neener. He, re yeah, he reneges on his deal. But luckily for Xenon, as Jacob was saying, it was just a disc, and it was a she's, fake one. She's used nail polish. She's like, we can make as many discs as we want. And then she, like, like fans through, like, ten of them. I don't know why they need really more than 
one fake one. I feel like you, you to get accessorize. Him you get him confused. Then we get to see Lutz loading up the disc on his computer, and we get another good future representation because this is how computer stuff works. This is how hacking works, and it's just a uh, xenon's face. Yeah, xenon's face popping out of a jack in the box, laughing at him. Does not make his computer explode, unfortunately. No, then Greg and his friend Andrew, the other hacker, crack open her vid phone, take out the blocker chip, and then she's able to call Nebula. And Nebula confirms that shit is getting cray. They are in Danger Mortis. Yeah, Danger Mortis. Shit getting cray on the space station. And Nebula is tasked with setting her up with a ride on a cargo ship, Real. which seems impossible for her to do, but she does figure out a way to do it. Z, I've been saying Z up to this point because. I didn't want to write Xenon in my notes all the time. To be fair, people do call her Z as a nickname in the Zetus movie. Lapidus. Yeah. Zetus Lapidus. What am I doing? I'm a professional here. Am I? Oh my god. Uh, so Xenon sends a goodbye message to Judy in all this chaos. She's kind of just running. It's a video message. She's just running while she's saying it. And it's a nice message. And I'm like, Xenon, you're all right. Then Greg tries to make some moves on Xenon before she's leaving. He's like, you're not like the girls on Earth. You're just, uh, you're really alpha extreme. Yeah, and Greg's also telling off Margie because Margie's still into him, and, and Greg's like, I'll never, whether or not Xenon's here or not, I'll, you'll never be my girlfriend. And then Margie makes some, like, cringy remark. I maybe caught you at a bad time. Yeah, Greg was fucking going in hard on her. I thought he was maybe a little too harsh. <laughs> but, yeah, I kind of went over Margie's head. Xenon responds and says, Zetus Lapidus, if you want to kiss me, just kiss me. So she was kind of, she was alpha extreme. They try to kiss and they kind of just like bonk heads or something. Yeah. And then they don't get a chance to kiss again because they have to get into the amazing VW Beetle. Again, everybody just has VW Beetles, but this one is is driven by Andrew and it can be it is self-driving. Yeah, it's driven by a 13-year-old, except that it's also just self-driving cars. So yeah, it's programmed. So the dream is real. We'll finally get self-driving cars in the year 2049. We kind of have them now. Yeah. I'd rather be driven by Andrew, though. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they are trying to get there in time to get to the cargo ship, but they just miss it. They see it taking off right as they're pulling up. But then Margie, mostly serendipitously, comes up with the idea that Xenon could ride up with Microbe. Margie's parents, her dad, has like some connections with like the management company of Microbe. So she sets it up. She doesn't really set it up. She just knows where this event is happening. So they are going to this event that's hosted by Wyndham, where it's a big deal because I guess Microbe's going to be the first band ever in space, which I don't know how long that's implied that they've had space stations or travel, but I feel like somebody would have beaten them to it. But there's high security at this event, and they're looking for Xenon. And by high security, I mean there's, like, a glass window. that Andrew, they... Andrew pulls up to, like, a little, you know, like, roadblock kind of thing. And, yeah, it's got, like, the, the bar that goes down, you know, that could go up. But there was, like, a glass thing, too, that was a part of it. Um, Xenon, you know, says, hey, I'm Xenon. I won, the, I won the little contest thing. And the guy's like, you're Xenon? Oh, well, I was told, you know, by Mr. Wyndham that we need to detain you and she's like got a blast and andrew just blasts right through the glass thing it shatters and the guy's like oh gee oh my and then they're just into the event before xenon breaks off from them greg gives her a goodbye kiss Mm. alpha extreme 
And then Xenon sneaks by some people, some security guards, pretending to be a waitress, and then finds Protozoa. And Protozoa is kind of just, at first, just a yeah, typical man. celebrity. You're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's really cool, you're my fan. But then she's like, no, I'm like your biggest fan. Look at this statue of me that is conveniently right by you right now. Yeah. And there's also a picture of her on the statue saying, pick me. So then he realizes that she is really Xenon, the winner of the contest, and that he ends up protecting her from the security guards who are after her and just lets her get onto the shuttle right away. He, he sweet talks the security guards, talks to them about, you know, becoming superstar musicians, and they kind of melt over him. and they completely Yeah, he's like, have you ever thought of a career change like becoming a rock and roll star? And I'm like, wait, are they like joining the band or something? <laughs> Just dream big, and they're like, "Yeah, I'll follow my dreams, and I don't know, not chase after this girl." Then it was pretty, pretty odd. Wyndham was the person hosting this event, and Lutz and him are seen off the band as they're loading up into the shuttle. When Aunt Judy comes out of the scene, but before that, we get to hear them banter a bit, and then that's where we really figure out that the plan is, in classic decon fashion, that they're going to be blowing up the space station. To collect the insurance money on it, because yep. Wyndham's the owner of it. And the kind of cover they're planning is sending the band up there, because they're they're hosting the band, and they're sending them up there, and they wouldn't do that if they were going to blow up the station, which I don't know if that necessarily, like, if you're... Premeditated murder? Yeah, if you're, like, already blowing up a whole station, I don't think anybody would be like, well, they wouldn't blow up a rock band. Oh, no, they're clearly innocent. So it's like, they kind of thought about a way for it, but... It wasn't completely there, so sorry, Xenon. You almost were perfect. But yeah, Aunt Judy comes up and is asking them, oh, you're Mr. Wyndham, right? Have you seen my, my niece, Xenon? Where has she gone? And basically, they arrive at the idea that Xenon... She's not here. No way she could be here. But then, and then the Aunt's like, well, if you've seen the band, um, well, wherever the band is, you know, Xenon's going to be there. And then there's... Yep, all three are... Judy, Lutz, and Wyndham all rush onto the shuttle... There's a little bit of turbulence as it's taking off, and Wyndham and Lutz basically end up in the... Cargo bay. Yeah. But there's just really questionable logic about what Lutz and Wyndham are even hoping to accomplish, because they know the ship, the station is going to blow up. So are they planning to get there, get Xenon or the chip, then get back onto a shuttle and then leave before everything goes bad? It's just... Hoping for a lot, and I don't know if it's really worth what they're putting out there. A risk. Big risk. Yeah. Long story short, they play a little bit of poker on the, the shuttle, but basically yeah. they get to the, the space station, and then stuff is going south quickly. There's a countdown, basically, that the ship is about to blow up immediately. Xenon and Judy run into Commander Plank, and we get a little awkward, like, love at first sight between, between Plank and Judy. Yeah, they were... So I'm um, heavy. I felt I, I wanted I wanted Judy to end up being like a strong, independent woman, but they kind of don't make that dream a reality for me. They were a good match, you know. Judy's, you know, <laughs> sure they were a good match in the sense that neither of them had a spouse thus far in the movie. Yeah, they were opposites of each other. Perfect. So there's a big confrontation and argument once Wyndham and Lutz get off of the shuttle. Wyndham, Lutz, Xenon, Plank, Judy, they're all in this circle arguing. And this was actually kind of, it's not like super amazing, but it was an exciting moment because it was like the most shot composition that had been planned about 
in one of these decoms where basically while they're all arguing in the circle, there's a constant pan going around them. That was, that was pretty. That was done pretty well. It was pretty dramatic. It felt very Aaron Sorkin like. Uh, if I was watching an episode of The West Wing, mm-hmm. people are just walk and talk and follow the camera of the people that are talking. So yeah, it was fun. As a result of the the argument, Xenon really is not believed, and they end up locking up her and Judy in Commander yeah. Plank's office. Luckily, it doesn't take too long between before Nebula and the rest of Xenon's station friends break her out. Come and rescue her. This is, again, another decom movie where things maybe get wrapped up a little quickly in the end, but it's paced a little bit better, and the ending I found more satisfying than a lot of the other movies. Xenon saves the day. She gets to the, the high-security area. Basically, it's within seconds. I think One sh- second left. Yeah, maybe. the ship maybe even shuts off and then restarts. It still implies that even though the virus was causing all of these problems, the systems were still shutting down and maybe in some cases exploding, but getting rid of the virus just saves everything, and it's all good. Wyndham and Lutz are spotted and arrested immediately. The day is saved. All hail, Xenon girl of the 21st century. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Yes, so then we get to the end of the movie. The movie wraps up. It's at the Microbe concert. Protozoa's up there. He's rocking out. He finishes a song and says, this next song is dedicated to a very lucky guy named Greg. Yep, who Xenon is front row at the concert with her little vid phone talking to Greg on it. And she just like throws it on stage so that Greg can watch the song. There's there's a shot of Greg at one point and he just does not look. En- he does not look enthused. He's like, oh, Protozoa. Okay. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> and he's probably, he feels threatened. He feels threatened All that Xenon could like another guy. He's and maybe fine. as much as him. So, again, as we've been alluding to a little bit throughout the episode, and as Jacob was kind of singing a little bit there, the last song is Zoom Zoom. Good song. And it's, it's not bad. I can't remember the words necessarily, but I'm going to do my best. I'll try to throw it at the... I'll try to throw it at the end of the episode as I've added a little, a few stingers from here and there. You could say they're probably the best parts of the the podcast, right? I found a good YouTube video and throw it at the end. So look for zoom, zoom, zoom at the end of this. Yeah. Protozoa, as he's singing, goes over to Plank and Judy, who are also by the stage, and kind of just motions to them. So now they have to get married. Protozoa has blessed their union. They have to do it. Uh, Xenon... Ends up letting Nebula take the prize of dancing with Protozoa, yeah. which Xeon seems like a really good friend. She's, she's, she's good. So a lot of this does seem to wrap up quickly, especially like, oh, now Judy and Plank are getting married. But just the, the framing of it during this concert makes it a lot more fun and just is more unique compared to a lot of these other movies where it's like, a wrap up quick. It's it's got they they fill a lot of the plot holes. Yeah. Her they they talk. You see her parents talk to her. Her parents are proud of her. Yep. Her parents pop up to say they're proud, and then yeah. that's definitely the point where I'm like, everybody who's listening to this right now, they're all fucking Plank and Judy. Yeah. Protozoa's like, get it on right now. Greg and Xenon are having Skype sex tonight. That's a bit much. They're 13 years old. I was just going to talk about the parents, and then you just had, you know, 
All right. Andrew. All right, all right. The movie's <laughs> wrapping up, and we wrapping up too. Uh, and if it would, it would not be a Disney Channel original movie if there was not a freeze frame at one point. And of course, you bet there is. We end with a zoom in freeze frame on Xenon right before it happened. We're like, when's the freeze frame coming? And it did. Boom. And then I screamed. I was so excited for there to be a freeze frame. And before we fade out to the credits, we get Xenon. one. Xenon. Yeah, we hear people cheering Xenon. Xenon. It is so loud we can hear it out in <laughs> outer space because oh. we see the Xenon. outside of the space station one more time. It's the money shot they put in that money for that CG. Big We're going to make money. the most of it. Better than Benny. That was Xenon, girl of the 21st century. Maybe even girl of my A Whole New Pod Heart. Wow. If my excitement didn't come through, I, I think Xenon... Not that it's a very competitive thing. I like Brink a lot, but I think Xenon is a better main character. She has... Well, Brink has a decent amount of growth, but I just think this movie was very well-constructed. There was... Yeah. A lot of the Disney Channel original movies, they have, like, a setup, but then they realize they don't really have a plot, and then they kind of just inorganically throw this plot in. That was yeah. how I felt a lot about Halloween Town, but a lot of Xenon just felt organic. Complete. The villains were interesting. They sure had an insurance scam at the root of their evil, but there was this, yeah, good growth, a decent romance between Greg and Xenon. And yeah, Judy, great character. Zoom, zoom, into my heart. It's all great. So, coming down from that Xenon high, got to do the, the boring stuff now. But if you'd like to join in on the excitement, write your own hopes and dreams, your love of Xenon, you can write us at a whole new pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Any comments or questions or criticisms you want to throw our way. You can also follow us on Twitter at a whole new pod. And you can also follow Jacob on Twitter at Jacob underscore Telejohn. I couldn't remember. underscore T-E-L-L-I-J-O-H-N. And then rate us on iTunes or Google Play or I don't know if you can rate us on Spotify. Download us on, save us on Spotify, follow us, whatever. Up those numbers as much as you can. Tell your friends and family, all that good stuff. Make multiple accounts, do it again. Yeah. Follow me on Twitch again at Fat Tomato or Fat underscore Tomato. That's no joke there. That's the real stuff. (laughs) Uh, I've been streaming some Kingdom Hearts games, which are related to Disney stuff. So it's on message for this podcast. There you go. And as we mentioned at the top of the episode, while I don't think I have a plan for like a strict upload date, like I don't know if I'm planning to do every other Wednesday, I would still hope to just sometime in every two weeks you can expect a new episode. episode yeah. Maybe further down the line we can have a more established upload schedule, but for now we want to keep it exciting. We want to just pop in your feed and be like, aw, tits. We got a lot of Xenon girl of the 21st century. We're in the money right now when it comes to decoms. So. Oh, tits. Smart house. Is that what's next? No, I don't think so. Oh, shit. I think it's like can of worms or something. I don't know that one, but it might be fun. So We'll see if it lives up to the Xenon hype. It's, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be the year of a whole new pod. Taking the world by storm. And as our first... Step towards that. A new resolution for Jacob is that he will have better outros. So with that, we'll leave final words from Jacob. Zoom, zoom, zoom. You make my heart go broom, broom, boom, boom. That was that was a that was a pretty like that was a softball. But hey, you know it's only up from here.
Supernova girl 